Good morning, everybody. I'm Charlie Fink. It's June 25th, 2021. It's This Week in XR. Ted's out of touch today. Um, so I'm here with John Canning, uh, our friend from Digital Domain. Uh, he's an executive producer working on amazing immersive projects that we'll get to in a few minutes. But he's going to run through the news with me this morning uh, because Ted is incommunicado. I didn't know that was actually possible for Ted, by the way. Yeah, I mean, Ted has been always on for the past 25 years. <laughs> Incommunicado, it's like he must be under a rock on the other side of the moon. That's right, held hostage by his wife. I, um, I find it highly possi suspicious. Possibly with his uh, mobile device stuffed down his throat. Who knows? All right, you ready? We're going to run through the news. So, Let's you know, go. this week, uh, Facebook... Uh, ran an experiment uh, in a game called Blastron, uh, for which they were mightily blasted by the press and roasted by users in social media. So um, kudos to Facebook for uh, teaching us a few things. One is just how early it is for them to be running interruptive ads. I, I mean, look, I mean, as, as many people point out, it's inevitable. Just like mobile, where we pay with attention if we're not willing to pay for a game, I, I, that's going to be part of VR. And if you're, you know, don't like that, like me, I steer away from those kinds of games. So, but it shows how hard the transition is for early users who get a lot of value without paying for it. And uh, so, at some point, you have to eat ads. But I do agree, the kind of ads really matter. You know, and if, if you think about it like TV or like the web, you're really going to get it wrong. And I think that's what happened here. You've got to think spatially. Uh, Fortnite does a good job of this, right? Because they make the brand promotion part of the game. Yeah, yeah I think, it, look, I mean, on one side of me, I was like, well, duh. How, how do people think that Facebook pays for its business? I mean, right, like it's like, yeah. <laughs> and and the, as much of an organization, and you know, you might want to think they're, you know, trying to be altruistic or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's it's a company, and they've, you know, somebody's looking at it, going, "We have eyeballs, and we need to monetize those eyeballs," which is unfortunate because a lot of the folks that have come up in this industry, right? Like it's been a bubble. It's been a. Yeah. It's almost like a safe space because nobody's yeah, been paying attention. True. To I, it. I do think that there is a you know, we need to distinguish between display advertising and the kind of advertising, which really isn't too bad. Uh, you know, we don't complain about Twitter putting promoted content into the newsfeed. Um, it's just part of the experience. So it, it's, uh, I mean, look, I don't know how many times, you know, in the early days of streaming po media portals, you know, so take a, an early Hulu or an early NBC and the ham-fisted ad insertion done with an axe, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you'd be watching a TV show and then it would be like some weird moment in this commercial would be like shoved in the side. And you're well, like, I mean, that's it. You know, Quibi is an example of that. You know, they were just going to force you to eat a lot of advertising, even if you paid them. I, it, and, you know, some of it, it's some of it's the platforms, right? And some of it, it, what I do find is amazing is we don't learn. You know, you would think as we progress as humans and technologists. And but, but, you know, partly it's because it's being run by a whole new generation of people. 
and you and, know every generation gets to make its own mistakes <laughs> and and if you're not paying i i say this all the time is sadly you know you know get to be resident old fart in the room sometimes i'm like if you don't pay attention to history you're doomed to repeat it um you know it's yeah although it's, i heard um philip rosedale who founded second life said he would never make anything today without 20 year olds in the room so there needs to be a balance and uh I mean, they just, they just won this one. It'll be back. This issue's not going away. No, no. Um, so now we've got Tencent uh, puts 50 million into Ultraleap. Um, now, Ultraleap was the company that was formed by, I believe, Ultra Haptics and Leap Motion. Leap Motion, yeah. Leap Motion made that early, you know, binocular thing you glued to your headset so that you could have hand I think I've got one somewhere around, around here, but I mean, yeah. It yeah, was, yeah, it's in, it's in my closet full of forgotten toys, but um, it, it was pretty amazing and magical technology in 2015. Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure what Tencent is up to. They know way better than me, um, but you know, aren't, isn't everybody using this technology through outward facing cameras? Is, do they still have a secret sauce? Well, I think there's some IP, you know, like you said, is, is that the, the company is a combination of a couple of different companies. Um, Haptics, one, which we're still, Haptics is still, you know, it's the rumble and in your, your joystick is the, right. the predominant Haptics. Yeah. Um, but the hand sensing, you know, is there's various IP flowing around, like, uh, you know, Quest has it, right? Um, right, exactly. But some other headsets you know, they may not have that attached. So the question is, is are they looking to bring some of that into right. other well, headsets? I, I see that they're working with Varjo, which just made an interesting announcement yep. this week about pass-through um, AR, pass-through uh, truly mixed reality, uh, which is of course, instead of seeing the physical world through a glass and having the graphics uh, projected on there, it's actually, done in a live mix inside of your headset yep. or inside of the cloud, you know, you need super fast connection to do that so that there's, you know, absolutely zero latency. Otherwise I think you'd fall right over. Well, it's super <laughs> fast connection. I mean, yeah, uh, it's, it's the, the live mix of reality is such a compelling idea though. But it's, it's, I, uh, I will, it's my rant about uh, the, the continuum of opacity, right? Like, yeah, AR over here, and you got VR over here, and it's just a slider of opacity. And the problem is, is we have a device, some devices that are over here, or some devices over here, but we live in a world that yeah. is much I, more. I think that's going to change, honestly, because, for example, the Unreal glasses, right. um, which have not yet launched in the US, but they tether to a smartphone. And if you want to do VR, you just clip down a visor. The same thing is true, by the way, of the new Campfire device you, you yeah. clip clip on an, an occlusive cover and now you're in vr so i think it's, that's where we're headed right it's contextual right like it's it's mm -hmm. where what at what point in life I, I flew last night for the first time and god knows how long and you know it was a late flight and you do want that moment where i just want everything you know i'm just gonna zone out and yeah. and go into my own universe but i think you know I've, I've run the, the inside out camera, the outside in cameras on the Quest just to find my coffee cup. And still, 
you've got a you know the compositing you know it's not only low latency but the 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 clean compositing of those those that information but then it's also the perception right like the optics aren't quite right yet so i reach out to grab my coffee cup and it's still my hand and my camera aren't the same place. <laughs> we'll see what happens with the Pro 3. I think they may start leaning into this. And, uh, you know, they're doing this with very high-end Varjo, you know, uh, high-resolution headsets. So that means that, you know, in a few years, that's going to be in the Oculus Quest. And, and similar low-cost devices, I hope. Yeah. Um, so from the sublime to the ridiculous, there's a uh, startup called Trip. They have an app actually in the Quest store and also on Steam that allows you to have a psychedelic experience um, without taking any psychedelics. So have you done this? Uh, 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 are you asking if I've done psychedelics? No, no, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was so long ago, I don't really remember if I did That's or not. That is my story. I don't remember, Your Honor. Um, I cannot recall, actually. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I played with it early on. Um, and it's funny because they, they call it Calm Reimagined, right? Because Calm was, Calm is like the, the, you know, bust out success of the pandemic from an app standpoint. And this is, I, I know the folks behind this and they first described it. And I was like, you know, the first statement fits in there. Are you high? But then, um, <laughs> oh, wait, have, do you know Blortasia by Kevin Mack, the 2001 special effects guy? He made one of the first yeah. VR quote unquote experiences. And you're like floating through this world of blobs. I always think of that as the psychedelic VR experience. I mean, I've had a lot of psychedelic VR experiences that I'm not sure were intended to be psychedelic, but you're kind of <laughs> like, that's, I mean, and if you think about a lot of the art, VR art projects and things like that, it's, you know, what is it, you know, that tripping, that psychedelic that's going through different worlds. A, a buddy of mine produced in 2017, he did, I think there were five art pieces in VR that were all, uh, like Beeple was one of them actually, uh, art, VR art, uh, featuring something about Vegas, like and, it, and 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 all of it was crazy, fanciful VR related, and I'm like, well, that was trippy. Uh, but I love these guys of just, you know, and like I said, you know, if you'd have run up to me and said, you know, would calm be the thing before the pandemic, I'd been like, eh, you know. But you know, people are like really needing that escape and finding this way. So good on them. <laughs> so so, do you know what Decentraland is? Oh yeah. Decentraland just sold a plot for $900,000. Now, I, I know a lot of this is kind of crypto what? money, but $900,000, um, you know, which is really, that's you like know, living a here in on Arthur Seichoff. That's, that's crazy. It's like living here in Santa Monica. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, you paid $900,000. How about setting up your own server? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, so, oh God, I mean, I, I, I've known the Decentraland folks for a while, and and I get it. I mean, you know, it's, it's sort of the the blockchain meets Second Life. Yeah, I don't I don't mean to degrade either one. No, of no, those but games. they, but you know, they're browser based. That's right. So you know, I'll give them that. Anybody can get in there with a PC. But what's what, I I missed the the plot. What was the plot? Like that's that's some prime real estate. Yeah, nine hundred thousand. Well, apparently, it's a large plot that they're going to develop. This is. <laughs> When, you know, uh, 
art imitates reality or whatever, right? Like some well, it developers- worked in Second Life though, in fairness, Second Life yeah. has an economy worth $600 million and they've got, you know, uh, almost a million uh, monthly returning users. That's right. And something like 200,000 simultaneous during the day, which is, you know, much more than most TV channels. Yeah, and, and you know, and it's an economy that unto its own and continues to grow. And and yeah, I mean, I you know, it's funny because it, it sort of goes into some of the other articles that you point out because, uh, you know, there's the the whole metaverse, you know, and everybody's doing their own metaverse. And you know, right, and that brings me that brings me to engage. The company is called VR Education Holdings. They're a tiny company worth less than $50 million that is listed on the Irish exchange. Um, it's, it's run by David Whalen and Sandra Whalen, who are, um, you know, XR developers. They did the Apollo 11 interactive thing that has been everywhere since, I don't know, 2016. Yeah. Um, and they built this platform for, um, you know, remote collaboration and large scale you know, fully embodied VR conferences and, uh, you know, training. Uh, and, and, you know, I use it as a classroom. Uh, you know, I teach uh, several XR classes at Chapman and I use it as a platform and, you know, drag my guy, students in there and <laughs> lecture them about VR because you've got to, you know, walk the walk. And of course, you know, we were uniquely suited in a class about VR to be remote uh, this past year. So uh, I like Engage, but then they announced. So I liked Engage the way Engage was. <laughs> I thought that was a business that, you know, at that minuscule price, someone is going to snap up. Yep. They have an investment from HTC. They're fairly visible. Um, you know, you can't acquire Verbella. They're now too valuable. So if I was Zoom or somebody, I'd be like, you know, this is kind of a good business for us to be in. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, they announced that they're going to try and create a LinkedIn-type world. So, you know, there's a world where you get, I don't know, a space, an apartment, a, a room, um, sort of like Rec Room. Uh, and then it's, you know, there's a downtown with companies in it. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's their thesis, that people will go there, they'll check LinkedIn when they're in VR the same way we check LinkedIn when we're checking our email. I'd say, I, I, it's, it's a big pivot for them, even though they just got $10 million to do it. And, you know, it's, no, it's, I mean, but it, one could argue that it's a pivot to make them more. I mean, you know, to your point, I agreed with you that like they were, they were primed for an acquisition by somebody who needed that. And yeah, I still remember the days when, um, Oh shoot! Now I forget the guys. They called themselves the 360 of YouTube, uh, the YouTube 360 platform, within, and then YouTube released 360 within um, uh, uh, Star or something Star, Little oh, Star, Right Star, Right Star. No, the Little Star guy. The Little, little star. star, Little Star. That's yeah. Right. Little Star guys were, yeah. were calling themselves the 360 of yeah. you, you know, YouTube, and I went, and that was great until YouTube released a 360, <laughs> and then you're like. You know, and, and it's interesting that they're they're saying LinkedIn. It's like, you know, they could be going, look at us, Microsoft. Hey, like, like, don't build it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but, I, you know, what's, and what's funny is, is the all these little, like, would you go there and be in that 
met that metaverse, right? Everybody's got their own metaverse to check the LinkedIn, you know, like what, what would be my motivation for going into that universe? I, I'm like, I, I guess, I guess it's the same as LinkedIn, but. But I look, I mean, I, I, I too used engaged. Uh, I never I engaged. I never used, I never ran a class with it, but I, I attended some of the early conferences and as with all these platforms, right? The pandemic made them grow up quickly, right? Like suddenly the harsh light of yeah. you're not ready for prime time. You've got to go yeah. do this for real came on. And I could see in these conference platforms, how do you exchange a business card, right? Like the, the thing we're used to doing is meeting at something and chatting and maybe exchanging a business card or something. And first thing you do when you go home is you go look them up on LinkedIn and add them on LinkedIn and toss out the business card. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe that's just me. Um, but so, so, so listen, we're, we're going to run short on time uh, and um, yeah, all the other stories, uh, couple of other fundraising stories and more about Barjo and, and uh, TechSe, which is AR uh, and um, computer vision um, customer service with smartphones, which, you know, is another thing which I always thought they're not already doing that. It's like somebody raised money for building navigation training in the Air Force. And I'm like, wait, they're not already doing that. I, 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 I am amazed at the number of those sort of um, calls for proposals that I've seen that I'm like, wait a minute, you're, you're asking for that now? Like, exactly. Well, I mean, it just goes to show you our, our fantasies about defense department, the defense department and defense department contracting uh, may not be exactly accurate. <laughs> and, you know, the, um, well, you know, the, the HoloLens implementation uh, for the military uh, notwithstanding, um, that's a pretty interesting story. We were talking about that a couple of weeks ago, right? I mean, this might be the ideal use for the HoloLens, you know, identifying friendlies and calling in airstrikes. Oh, uh, well, with the funny part, <laughs> that contract first was with Osterhaus. Remember the- uh, Yes, yes, RIP Osterhaus. Yeah, and, and they had a great device and they were deployed in the field yeah. in- where that's what they were, I mean, they were using it. <clears throat> for got, my thesis about ODG is they got a $50 million investment from Fox and went in exactly the wrong direction. I, I where is Ted? Oh, wait, wait, Ted's not. Oh not, yeah, no, no, Ted is, the, Ted is one of the featured culprits in that story, uh, which just goes to show you that, that uh, you know, I didn't think it was the idea that people may want to watch the baseball game in, in glasses or with a micro display. But as it turns out, that's not as good as watching it on a smartphone. <laughs> so another great invention that nobody needed. I, uh, it's, I often say that if we relied on entertainment to save this medium, we should take it out back and shoot it in the head. Exactly. Right? Like, so let's, so, so, yeah. so we're into the last 10 minutes of the show and you originally were going to be here as our special guest talking about digital domain and uh, the general direction of XR uh, here in Hollywood land. Uh, so thank you, first of all, for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, you were an admirable stand-in for Ted uh, and certainly have given me plenty of extra material to taunt him with. Good. Um, but, but let's talk about digital domain because the last time you and I talked, which was probably 25 years ago, um, 
digital domain was was still thinking maybe computer games would be a big business. Yeah. So you have been around before the beginning, my friend. But before the beginning of time, uh, you know, and, and I, I have to say, you know, I love it because digital domain, the number of people that I know that were at digital domain and now out in the world, like there's actually a, a whiskey drinking crew that I'm part of that is like all XDD people for the right. most part. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's turning into like Imagineering, a great place to have been. Right. And, and look, I mean, you know, I think over 28 years in the visual effects business says something. And um, I have not been there that, that long, certainly. And, and, you know, it's kind of funny because I came to DD uh, about three years ago. Uh, and my, my job is, is like, I call myself the executive producer of not film, not television, not commercials, right? I am, I am applying the visual right. expertise, the visual effects expertise of this company to all the other mediums. And, you know, it's somebody was like scratching their head and they're like, oh, 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 XR. And it's like, no, no, it's, it's high end CG. You know, that's what visual effects is. And, right. you know, while film and television and, and people have always expected the high fidelity, the, the amazing explosions. I like to say the VFX business is all about if we do our job right, you never knew we did our job. Right. All of that exactly. is starting to migrate into these the hardest other- things seem like they just happened. It just happened. Like I, I, there's, I, I often do a talk and I'll use a clip out of ready player one where Wade is putting on that, on the headset, you know, that scene where he puts on the headset and yeah, dives into the oasis. Yeah. That's a digital head of Wade. Yeah. And most people will never see it, recognize it that way because it right. wasn't meant to, but it's, if you think about it, that shot is impossible to do with a right. Cause you have to, cause you have to go inside of his head and then you I- have to go inside his head. So nobody, you don't want people to think, wow, that's a really tough shot unless you're in Hollywood and you do this for a living. Right. You just want it to seamlessly flow. So I come out of the immersive interactive business. I'm not the BFX guy, right? I'm the go build cool interactive experiences. Um, So what's what's the coolest recent project you've worked on? Oh, that's that's a fun one. Even over the course of the pandemic, there's been a couple of, of milestones over this past year that were like, well, we managed to ship that. Uh, beginning of last year, um, going into uh, creating a XR experience uh, for a museum around um, Dr. Martin Luther King and the Day of the March, um, and a lot of challenges, a lot of tech, you know, craziness doing an LBE, uh, but creating Dr. King, uh, a historical recreation of Dr. King. You know, a lot of people's, you know, we, I'm in the business of digital humans. And so you, you created a, a digital twin, presumably from stills and other composites. Of, so we, of, yeah, we historically, when you create historical. a digital human and, you know, if you ran up to me and said, I want to create a, a digital human, I, I start with the question of, are they alive or dead? Kind of, kind of, right. it gets weird. Really in other weird. words, is somebody avateering it in real time yeah. or is it going to be driven um, like an NPC or with some kind of or, basic or AI or see, I mean, creating humans is hard, right? Humans do human really well. You do you really well to recreate you. I'm going to try to work with as much material as I can. And because you're alive and kicking in there, I'm going to say, I want to scan you. And then preferably I'd like to scan you without this, although it's very attractive and very signature for you. Um, I'd like to scan that because I want to get all of your face structure. I want to get all of that. But if you're not alive, if I don't have you, then it's a process of reconstructing from material we've got. And then what I'm going to probably do is I'm going to find somebody that has your head structure, 
because what I'm going to do is I'm going to scan then and then I'm going to mold that. Oh, I see. That makes sense. So you start with kind of a, a template that's ish, and then you start to sculpt like you're that's right. a sculptor. If that you think sense. about it, I can give you a lump of clay and say, make something, or I can give you something that's sort of on its way and say, finish it. Right. right? Um, because this business is all about how do you get to that endpoint? And when you're yeah. trying to make photo real digital characters, there's a lot of work involved. Um, and, you know, Dr. King and faithfully recreating Dr. King, I mean, we did, there wasn't any interpretation. It was trying to create a 3D color moment of something you've always seen in black and white and 2D, um, you know, unless you were there that day. Um, and so uh, creating that experience, which is, you know, I often say, uh, and again, going back to, you know, VR and entertainment, what I find is this medium is so useful in those things that aren't just about entertainment. It's the ability to immerse somebody in a historical moment in time and kind of put you there as best as we can. Um, it just, I, my mind started going, we could create this. I, I, create actually, I actually think that time travel oh. is going to be one of VR's killer apps. 100%, travel and time travel, right? And, and yeah. people saw it in the pandemic. The ability to take you to a location on the planet that right now you can't go because well, right because there house. was there was what I call a scarcity of presence, right? Nice. You're you're you you write books, don't you? I can tell. <laughs> yeah. That's like a chapter or something. You know. Well, I have to say these things over and over again. So when I get a clever turn of phrase, I keep it. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's the you know is is. Dr. Fink was saying, um, <laughs> yeah, scarcity so, of presence. So getting back to Dr. Oh, King, how can people see the simulation that you created? Okay, so that's been the challenge, right? Like um, uh, there's some other cool stuff that went on and throughout the course of that. Um, two weeks into the museum being open in March last year, boom. So mothball, right? And the problem was, is it was designed as a museum experience to begin with, the whole design, like, you know, a couple of years going Wait, into but don't it. Don't you just pick up where you left off? Museums are opening up. So, Presumably they're programming again. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, is that it's, it's then picking back up there. But the interesting thing is, there was a whole bunch of firsts we did. We were doing a- So wait, who's the underwriter, right? Because digital domain is-, are, is No, 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 so that was a good question. So time, time, very important here. Time um, and uh, American Farmers Insurance uh, under, you know, put it together. Right? Okay. Um, we did it at the behest of time came to us. Well, aren't they in charge of its distribution? Didn't you already do your part of the job? Ah, uh, yes, but right. Um, the the if you go into the technical side of it, and if you think about a year in time, if you had a bunch of Windows servers driving that experience on the Vive Focus Plus wirelessly a year and a half ago, I will let you guess how many of those things are either outdated need updating or or no longer supported you you oh god <laughs> so and if it's sitting there for a year and no one's touching it however trust me there's 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 plans afoot and thoughts of because this is i mean this is what Anytime so, you're on that bleeding edge so, of technology. So, so there's there's value there and people are gonna wanna see it. It's just a question now of, of who's gonna pick things back up and start pushing it forward, right? Because these things, whether they're commercial or, or whether they're 
a public service, you know, they succeed because there's one passionate person who's pushing it through. So Mark, Mark, my words, there, there are ways. Uh, yeah. And and look, I mean, the, per, the progress of technology, the one thing we wanted to do with that experience that wasn't there then that is more so now is edge computing, um, wirelessless support of headsets. Um, the, you so know, edge the, meaning you could offload a lot of the computing to the cloud. Right. And so what we did, that experience was a set of servers in the closet wirelessly driving the experience to the Bifocus Plus, which, by the way, all of that was in beta and experimental. Yeah. If you're thinking of where we're at with you know, the, uh, the, the Focus 3 is out, yeah. uh, the Quest 2, like then thinking of where my compute power and rendering power, so pixel streaming is a lot better now, yeah. um, all of these things can start going to that next set of experiences. It just it, it, it points to that point in time where we're at in technology that it's, if you're on the bleeding edge, it's going to evolve. So, 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 let's, so let's take that as a pivot in our last few minutes of this conversation um, to get your thoughts on where we're headed. Where, where do you think we'll be, let's say in three years? And where do you think we'll be in seven years? Now, adjusting the five and 10 years. <laughs> so you. however you want to frame it, I mean, yeah, you and I have been carried along this river for some time and we have a sense of where we're going, I think. What is, what is your perspective on this? I'll, I'll use a couple of points in just the last year to move us to that point. I talked about Dr. King. I talked about creating a 3D representation of him very hard. Dial the file, dial, you know, six months, eight months past to that. And we did a project where we, we de-aged David Beckham back to his current age for a, a campaign for malaria no more, right? Like what I loved is I bookend my year with two projects that were doing something important <laughs> and i was like yes um you know malaria no more david beckham's a spokesperson for that um uh, it's a psa you know very you know you don't know about malaria and the devastation in the world it causes um so but we used a neural rendering technology a face swapping technology on that where we didn't create a digital david and getting a fidelity with some of these new tools beyond what we're doing with just creating a 3D character, the tool set already in a year to faithfully recreate a human in a digital fashion is advancing so fast. Now it scares people 100%, but what I point out to is we're getting better and better at making those digital characters that then you can draw. So you take that and you take the acceleration and game engine that we've seen over this year, right? Like just the sheer craziness of virtual production and digital humans and what can we do with a game engine? You know, three years out, I am so excited about having the moment where you can have the fidelity of video, 4K, 8K video, and the interactivity of the engines here. Because the storytelling we can do at that point is crazy, right? The, the, you know, the, if you think about it, you know, the, oh, we can't, we can shoot that. We're going to have to reshoot that. We have to get the actor back. And, and, you know, all of those things start to morph and, and change because we're leveraging what we've seen in the game world, that interactivity, that ability to tell the story from all these different camera angles, to be a different character like that. With, with the fidelity of what we see. And that's where we're, you know, three years, I mean, we're doing some of that stuff 
we yeah. being the community are doing some of that stuff now we're all just pushing the edge pushing the edge right i mean you and i talked about headsets earlier let's face it they're still sweaty boxes on face but it's getting better right like the the unreal glasses are comfortable <laughs> you know it's like you know it's like so for me, the, the three you're out in this seven, I don't, you know, seven, nah, I'll be teaching like you and, <laughs> you know, hopefully writing pithy that's statements. Where, that's where everybody goes for the third act of their career. I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm already <laughs> guest lecturing. I mean, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I look like the professor from Central Casting, so they sent me there. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm joining you. I, I don't know if I can do that facial hair, but. Um, yeah, well, let me just say this about the facial hair. If I had the kind of hair on the top of my head that you have, I wouldn't need it. <laughs> fair, fair. You put us actually. That's the great part about it. The tech is going to put the two of us together, and we'll we'll just look amazing. Um, exactly. But that's John. Yeah, John Canning from Digital Domain. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, you did an admirable uh, replacement for Ted Shilowitz. We'll have to see about sending him on vacation more often and having you back. Um, that's it, everybody. That's our show for this week. Um, see you next Friday, perhaps, with the um, virtual Ted Shilowitz. Have a great weekend, everyone. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks.